There's the fist right to the ball, and out it comes. Oh, that, that is the most aggressive hand jibber Sam Darnold has received since Netflixing and jibbing with the girl who gave him mono. Welcome to That's Good Sports. I am Brandon, who had the dirtiest takedown of this weekend, Perna. Landon Collins of the Potatoes? TJ Watts, dongest punch on Sam Darnold? Or was it Vernon Butler of the Panthers? TJ Watt taking the word sack literally and changing his name to HJ Watt is pretty good, but I think Butler won me over with his triple play. Not one, but two cheap shots in one fell swoop. And he caps it off by flipping off the crowd as he was ejected from the game, officially making him the sassiest butler since Jeffrey on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Moron! Fathead! <laughs> I didn't know the Dodgers were playing. They're not thieving wankers. NFL Sunday, week 16, had a bunch of playoff scenarios to be sort of determined. The Steelers lost, but so did Tennessee. The Niners won. Saturday night, the Saints set more records and the Ravens avoid catastrophe. All of that now here on That's Good Sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. This is your new playoff picture, your new seating list of seating. Not a lot has changed, but the Niners jump back to number one after their win and the Seahawks' surprising loss to the Cardinals. And the Ravens secure home field advantage throughout the playoffs. The Rams fell to the Niners 31-34 Saturday night. Hats off though to Jared Goff for mastering the late quarterback slide. People think Lamar Jackson is the future of the NFL. Bullshit. It's tricking defenders into hitting you with the late slide. The Rams jumped out to an early 14-3 lead because of that tardy slide and Jalen Ramsey securing his first interception as a member of the Rams football organization. The 49ers were trailing in the fourth quarter, but Jimmy G orchestrated a 90-yard drive in about three minutes, which was capped by a George Kittle touchdown, made possible by a nice scramble from Jimmy G and just the sheer will of Kittle to be better than any set of defenders who dare try and cover him. But it was poor man's Kittle. Tyler Higby giving the Rams hope passing the 50-yard line on the next drive and producing his fourth straight game with over 100 yards. Marcel Harris dropped what could have been a game-ending pick for San Francisco, which bestowed Greg the Leg the honor of tying the game with the 52-yard field goal. The Niners had one drive to get the job done. Jimmy Garoppolo, though, was sacked for the fifth time on the evening, and he was facing a third and 16. A third and 16 staring him in those beautiful, piercing eyes. But Kendrick Bourne delivers hope in the Bourne conversion. Slightly different from when Matt Damon spent two hours breaking people's arms as he tried to convert them to Christianity in the lesser known of the Bourne films. My favorite Bourne film, though, was the Bourne Redundancy, because after the sixth Garoppolo sack, the Niners faced another third and 16, and for whatever reason, the Rams forgot to cover Emmanuel Sanders, who was wide, and I mean wide open, 46 yards down the field. Robbie Gold stayed gold, just like Pony Boy, and destroys the 33-yard field goal down the gooch to give San Francisco the win. 
And the 49ers will now play the Seahawks in the regular season finale, which has been flexed into Sunday night primetime and could feature significant playoff implications. The Steelers fall to the Jets 10-16. What we've been saying all year about Adam Gase is now being confirmed by unnamed players. Gase has lost the locker room, which isn't as embarrassing as getting lost in the locker room every week like Freddie Kitchens. The unnamed player has to be Le'Veon Bell or Jamal Adams, right? Knowing Bell showed up to this game in Steelers colors, I'm gonna say it was Bell. Now the Steelers, despite having no Bell, no Brown, and no Roethlisberger, control their own playoff destiny. The ball was in their court, or T.J. Watt's hands. The football gods tried to show them mercy with a game against the Jets, and a Ravens team that may be resting all of their starters next week. But mercy does not equate to victory when being led by a duck, a godless creature with a weird corkscrew penis used for non-consensual duck sex. Ironic, considering their normal quarterback has the personality traits of a duck. Anyway, Duck Hodges threw two picks to start this game and was benched at the top of the second quarter. His benching allowed me to find my new favorite Steelers fan. Sorry, urinating tree, but you will always lose to the guy who has a duck mask and jersey to swap with a Rudolph mask and jersey mid-game at the exact appropriate time. In the spirit of Christmas, Mason Rudolph delivered his present to the end zone, then found a way to hurt himself on a handoff, which brought Duck back from the bench. The Steelers had a chance, but Marcus May saved the win, preventing his second touchdown of the game on one of the most perfectly defended passes you will ever see, helping Heinz Ward get Gatorade bathed as he beats his old team. Saints beat the Titans 38-28. Now the Titans took an early lead over the Saints, just like everyone predicted. Taysom Hill threw Michael Thomas his record tying catch at 143 on the season, just like everyone predicted. Taysom Hill made the tackle on the opening kickoff, just like everyone predicted. I'm also starting to hate that Taysom Hill can literally do anything on a football field. I feel like he's the football version of my dad, with the ability to fix anything in the house, build anything with his hands, and I just want him to love me despite my inability to be a real man. Now I think AJ Brown may be a top five, top three receiver in 2020, assuming the Titans can get out of their own way. We all know how much of an honor being in the top five of the top three receivers is. And one can only imagine what this season would have been had Ryan Tannehill started from the get-go. After the Steelers lost, the Titans were in control of their playoff destiny, made possible by a drop pass from Taysom Hill on a fake punt. Just like we all expected. Down three with four minutes left in the game, Ryan Tannehill fires a completion to Khalif Raymond who catches and fumbles after getting pulverized by the Saints defense with the first turnover of the day. The Titans can't get out of their own way, which we actually, we actually expected. Not to be outdone by Julio Jones on his record-setting catch, Michael Thomas decided to destroy Logan Ryan's whole life as he both set the record for receptions and almost scored a touchdown on the same play. Nice to see a murderer finally served a bit of justice. 
Now Thomas scored a touchdown on the next play or two, finished with 12 receptions for 136 yards and a TD, and will add to his record next week, assuming the Saints want to keep their number two seed. The Panthers lose to the Colts. The end might be nigh for the Panthers as Naeem Hines takes a punt to the house for six to start this game. And if there's a coaching cliche I can make up on the spot, it's finish like you start. And Hines is my best student taking back a second punt in the fourth quarter for a touchdown, becoming the first player to return two punts for touchdowns in the same game since 2012, back before the NFL began its initiative to eliminate punts from the game. Jacoby Brissett had one of the best pump fakes I have ever seen. It reminded me of Andrew Luck. Not on the field, the way Andrew Luck pump-faked us into believing he was going to play quarterback this season. Speaking of quarterbacks, Carolina's Will Greer made his debut, and it was not pretty. But I am also legally obligated to show you when a punter completes a pass, especially when the punter outperforms the quarterback. Greer, in addition to his three interceptions, did manage 15. 15 completions to Christian McCaffrey, helping run CMC become the first running back in NFL history with back-to-back 100 reception seasons. And then he set the record for most receptions in a season by a running back, moving past himself, who set the record last year with 107. The only running back better than Christian McCaffrey is future Christian McCaffrey, and he should hold out for a new contract immediately. The Falcons beat the Jags 24-12. It's week 16 and Devontae Freeman is finally ready to play running back again. He scored two touchdowns in the first few minutes. He had one rushing touchdown this entire season heading into this game. Now the Falcons, they just might be ready to be a great team in 2020. Again, I am legally obligated to show you any highlight including a punter throwing a completion. So here are the Jags doing that. Julio Jones, in 125 games, reached 12,000 receiving yards, becoming the fastest to hit 12K in NFL history, doing it in close to 20 games fewer than Jerry Rice, punctuating his historic moment by destroying the career of a Jacksonville Jaguar. Even more than it was already destroyed from playing for the Jaguars. Now Jones finished with 166 yards, and it's time for the Jags to stop using the fact that they're an expansion team as an excuse for losing. The Baltimore Ravens beat the Browns 31-15. Every great giant has a weakness. Goliath was defeated by a rock. The giant in Game of Thrones was slaughtered by arrows from the Bolton army in the conclusion of the Battle of the Bastards, which is what we will refer to Browns versus Bengals on Sunday. And Paul Bunyan, of course, was defeated by AIDS. Yeah, a monkey bit his penis when Bunyan tried to deforest a jungle. The Ravens are football giants right now, and sometimes the giant falls. And it appeared as if the Browns may sweep the Ravens behind the swinging leg of William Wallace, a.k.a. the Scottish Hammer, punting in a kilt. And we all thought this was possible when Cleveland was up 6-0 in the second quarter, and not down 20 like most teams are to the Ravens at that point. But sometimes, Giants just beat the shit out of their opponents. And 
the giant three-eyed ravens, just like in Game of Thrones, emerge victorious, locking up home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Now, Lamar Jackson is too good to fall victim to the weird league rule regulations that no man who loses twice to the Browns can receive an MVP award. He had two touchdown passes to Mark Andrews, the second being an incredible feat of athleticism by both Jackson and Andrews, followed by a Mark Ingram receiving touchdown made for an on-the-mark day for the Ravens. <laughs> Three mark touchdowns. Uh, Justice Hill rushed for a late touchdown after Ingram left the game with a scary-looking non-contact leg injury. John Harbaugh reported after the game there was no structural damage for Ingram, and Ravens fans can breathe easy as the team can probably rest for multiple weeks now. Odell Beckham Jr. was penalized for doing an impression of Zoidberg from Futurama. Sorry, Beckham, this game aired on CBS, and you can't reference Fox characters without permission from Cletus the Football Robot. You can, however, yell directly into Freddy Kitchen's face without penalty, though. Nobody respects him. Hell, even your own fans were wishing you a merry fuck you. And your Tank Bowl games will be up in a separate episode next. I apologize. I just, I couldn't stop rambling about the tankings and it was too much for one episode. So those will be up later. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports. Please subscribe here on YouTube. Yeah, I'm still getting through this flu shit, guys. I am not 100%. Did my episodes struggle? Hard to say. They're all pretty mediocre. Big shout out to at TJ Carpenter Show. Give him a follow on Twitter. He helped me write these early Sunday games. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. <laughs>